Welcome to our look together at Mark chapter 6 and Daily Drive Time Devotions, day 4. We're looking at verses 31 to 44 today, and it's the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which, by the way, is the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. Obviously, it's an important miracle that Jesus worked. And when this miracle happened, where it happened, is meaningful. Listen to how this began in verses 31 to 34. Then, because so many people were coming and going, that they did not even have a chance to eat, Jesus said to the disciples, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began teaching them many things. Here's the setting. Setting's important, and here's the setting of this one. The disciples had just finished their first preaching experience. They'd seen God do marvelous things, but they're tired. Jesus has just learned of John the Baptist's death. Jesus and the disciples were weary from ministering to the crowds. And so Jesus had called his disciples to a place to be alone. Notice that once again, Jesus is here modeling the need to find times to be alone with God. And in the midst of that, everyone shows up. In the midst of that, the crowds are there. What are they going to do? We know what Jesus did. He had compassion on them. What are the disciples going to do? What am I going to do? When I'm tired and I'm stressed out and still God has something else for me to do, how am I going to react? How am I going to respond? Listen to what happened in verses 35 to 37. By this time, it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he, Jesus, answered, You give them something to eat. They said to him, That would take eight months of a man's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? For Jesus and the disciples, this powerful miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 began as an unwelcome interruption. This crowd coming towards them, even though they'd gotten away for a rest. The truth is, life is filled with sudden interruptions. And our first tendency is to ask why. Instead of asking why, Jesus teaches us here to ask what. What is God trying to teach me through this interruption? And Jesus didn't see the people as an interruption. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And because of how he saw them, he was able to have compassion on them. Because of how he saw them, he says, you give them something to eat. And in saying that, Jesus is testing the faith of the disciples. He's not being sarcastic here. He's testing the faith of the disciples because he knows. He knows exactly what he's about to do. Now, their immediate response is, it would take eight months' wages. Just think, this is a challenging thought to me. Think of how often our calculations are based on what is immediately available through human resources. Think about how often we have more confidence in what we have than in what God will give. That's what they were putting confidence in that day. What they had, not what God could give. Well, Jesus says, I want you to look at what you have, but then I also want you to see what I can give. Listen to what happened in verses 38 to 42. How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. 
So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of fish and bread. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. 5,000 were fed that day. Now, if there were 5,000 men there, if you had just one woman and one child for every man, there was at least 15, maybe 20,000 people there that day that were fed. And if you look at this miracle, it shows us God's pattern for how he takes our little and he makes it into his much. It's the same pattern that you see in Gideon defeating the Midianite army with only 300 or in David defeating a Goliath with just a slingshot. How does God take our little and make it into his much? Here's what he does. Number one, here's where it starts. God magnifies our need. He magnifies our need. Instead of saying, oh, it's no problem, he shows us how impossible the problem really is. Who brings up the issue of food? Jesus does. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. We try to ignore the need and say, oh, it's impossible. I'll pretend it's not there. Jesus magnifies the need. I love what J. Vernon McGee says about this. When Jesus commands the impossible, the reason is obvious. He intends to do the work. Jesus would not command you to do something impossible except that he's going to do the work. I can't do what's impossible, but he can. Step number one is I see how great the need is. He magnifies the need. Step number two is, and this is amazing, God reduces our resources. Gideon sees that he only has an army of 300. David sees that he only has five smooth stones. The disciples see here, there's a little boy who gives a few fish and a few loaves of bread. God uses this small beginning. He uses small beginnings so that we can't mistake the fact that it's his power that's at work. He reduces our resources in order to magnify his power. How does God work? How does he use us? He magnifies our need. He reduces our resources. And then number three, here's the key. Someone trusts God with what little they have. You look at your life and you say, what I have to give God is so little. That's how everyone feels because <laughs> it is so little. But God takes the little that we give to him and he does much. In this case, we know from one of the other gospels that it was a little boy. I wish we knew his name. God often works like this. People, we don't know their name, but they give great glory to God. Someone trusts God. And here's the next thing that happens. God uses the little that we have to show how great he is. He took what they gave to him and he used those loaves and that fish to do the miracle. God doesn't discard what we give him for something better. Oh, those loaves and fish, those are nice, but let me just conjure some better food straight out of the air. Jesus doesn't do that. He uses what we give him to do something greater. He doesn't discard what we give him for something better. He uses what little we give him to do something greater. And in this case, he took those loaves and he broke them and he gave broken and given. It is hard to miss the connection to the last night of Jesus's life when he broke the bread and he said, this is my body that's to be given for you. And just like this day, he broke the bread and the fish and gave them to the people and they were all were satisfied. Jesus' body was broken once for us, but we are satisfied by the gift of his life. How does God work to make our little into his much. One, he magnifies our need. 
Then he reduces our resources. Then someone trusts God with what little they have. Then God uses the little we have to show how great he is. And then number five, the next thing that happens is God works through us. He works through us to accomplish his will. Here's Jesus praying that the 5,000 are going to be fed. And can you imagine the disciples during this prayer? They've got to be elbowing each other. Uh, Five loaves, two fish. He's praying over that. And this is going to feed all these people. You can almost imagine them snickering. Okay, we're going to stand back and watch this. But Jesus doesn't let them stand back. He gets them involved. They're the ones that hand out the bread. Why were there 12 baskets left over at the end of this? Well, there is a broader meaning. There are 12 tribes of Israel, the nation of Israel. And it's an example of the fact that God is going to meet the needs of his people. But there's also a more personal meaning here. There are 12 disciples. 12 object lessons, 12 baskets of faith for 12 disciples, letting each of them know that God worked through them. God did a miracle through them. It's amazing to me that God works through us. He could do it without us, but he's chosen not to. He's chosen most usually to work through us. And the lesson of this miracle is so simple. You begin with what you have, what little you have. You give it all to Jesus and you let him do the rest. Let's talk to Jesus for a moment. And as you talk to the Lord today, I encourage you, just ask him these questions in prayer. Jesus, what do I need to give to you? Jesus, where do I need to trust you to work instead of depending on my resources alone? Jesus, where do I need to give all that I have to you? And see how little becomes much when I place it in your hands. Thank you, Jesus, that you work in impossible ways for God's glory. In your name. Amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to end our look at this chapter by seeing how Jesus grows our faith by testing our faith.